Hands and Scotty here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Time to check in with good friend of the program and a good dude overall and a heck of a basketball writer, NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. Kurt Elan, kind enough to join us. Kurt, how are you? Hey, Kurt. I'm doing good. How's it going, guys? Very good. Are you uh, you baseball guy? You fired up for opening day? Uh, I am a baseball guy. I don't get to watch as much of it as I, you know, it's funny. I, until the, well, in a normal year, until the postseason. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I I am a baseball fan. I grew up, you know, going to games, and I still it's still a sport where I don't watch it as much on TV, but I love going to games, and I grew up a Dodger fan, so I was I enjoyed last, I, you know, I enjoyed last year. I'm I'm happy to be rooting for one team that can kind of buy its way to a championship. So. It does feel feel like this season <laughs> is the Dodger Invitational. So it does, it does, doesn't it? Um, I, I I would like to complain about that, but I'm just happy to be on that side of it for once. If it were the Yankees, I'd be livid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, Kurt, I actually want to start out non-jazz related here for just a second because I'm I'm watching very closely a couple of teams in the West, and since Denver got the services of Aaron Gordon, they blew out the Hawks by 24 points. They beat the 76ers handily by 10 points. And Aaron Gordon has been he's been good. He's been serviceable in that moment, but it seems like Denver plays better when he's on the court. How good is Denver right now with their trade deadline acquisition and how concerned should we be with what the Nuggets are doing? I think this one rise east in the east in the west that could really be a threat to, you know, Utah and a theoretically healthy Lakers team. Um down the stretch, Gordon just gives them two things. It gives them a certain verticality, and just he's just more athletic. He's way more athletic than Paul, you know, Paul Millsap. Um, he can, you know, he's finishing some lobs. And you're right, he hasn't really. He's still finding his way through there in offensively a little bit. They also, you know, they didn't have to. There's been no real stress test. It's an up and down Hawks team that doesn't play great defense, and then you know, Sixers without Embiid. So. Uh, we'll see what happens when they get pushed a little bit, but I, you know, I like them climbing the ladder. I like them kind of figuring out who they are. And the other thing he really gives them is just a big wing defender. It, it maybe matters less in a matchup with Utah, but it really helps if, as you guys know, as everyone knows, it's just hard to defend the Lakers and Clippers with Kawhi and LeBron. Like there's just those are physically difficult matchups, and Gordon is big enough and athletic enough and solid enough defensively that you can put him on them and. And and hold hold your own as much as anyone holds their own in those situations. So, I think I'm they are one of the teams on the rise to me. I think that they are a potentially dangerous team in the in a West where I don't know what to make of the Clippers and who knows if the Lakers will be healthy. Kurt Heelan joining us right here on 97.5, 1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network as uh, we continue to get you ready for the. Uh, you know, back third of the NBA season, the Jazz uh, got themselves one heck of a uh, plane flight yesterday, and you know we yeah. we were kind of joking about it over the last day or so, and then we saw the players talking. I talked to some of the support staff that was on the plane as well, and it was not not a pretty situation at all. No, you could tell when their their post game quotes yesterday just how shaken up they were, and, and and that was the first time I'd seen details of it. I'd seen a couple of pictures, but the you know. <laughs> I have not been on, fortunately, I'm going to knock on wood somewhere. I've not been on a flight where I got to see flames shoot out of the engine, but it's really not, you know, it's not some, I can't imagine how genuinely scared for your life you would have to be in that situation. I, um, they, you know, they said they were texting family and friends, as you guys know. I, I, it's, 
it's got to scare you a little bit. Is as seasoned up flyers, you know, the NBA players are seasoned travelers. They don't, you know, all right, they don't get bothered much. Some guys are afraid of flying, including Donovan. But in general, guys are pretty calm about this, and they were not calm, and they were not. They were still a little rattled a day later, which shows you just how how serious this was and how it might make them. I think less about the NBA and just take stock of man. You know, those are the kind of moments that make you stop and think. I, I need to take advantage of and, and soak up the moments in my life that matter. How impressed are you by the three and zero stretch against the Memphis Grizzlies, beating them three times out of four games in about a week and a half? Yeah, that's a really good. I mean, it's hard to do that in any sport, right? Yeah. You keep seeing the same team over and over. They find which ways. That's quality. Well, and by the way, Memphis has beaten pretty much everybody else. Like they've been actually playing really well of late. Uh, John Morant's is John Morant's just going to be great. Just it's so much fun to watch him play. Um, but that's a team that I yeah. You know, that's another team that's going to be a little bit different in the playoffs if they uh, if they get Jaron Jackson Jr. back as expected. Um, they become another one of those just tough outs in the West <laughs> from the bottom half of the conference. But the fact that you're doing it just speaks to where the Jazz are. Beating them three times, it's just a speaks to how in tune the Jazz are with what they want to do and how they execute right now. The uh, the level of play that we've seen from Joe Ingles as of late has just been remarkable. Um, it seems like he's shooting the ball in the ocean. He does a weekly show on our morning show, and he says, hey, I don't want anybody to talk about this. Let's just uh, talk more about Rudy, talk more about Donovan and all the money they're making. I don't want to talk about my shooting uh, because he has really been filling it up. And if the Jazz continue to shoot you know, nearly you know, well over 40% from three, uh, it's a great place to be in going into the playoffs. It is. It is. That's always the concern is the consistency of that shot when other teams can, can focus on it. And I think the advantage Utah has is, uh, you know, it's not new to them. They're not suddenly trying to shoot threes in the playoffs. But also, they can do more than that. If a team really loads up on taking away the three, well, there are other ways that this team can score inside and make you pay. Um, and the versatility of player, uh, players up and down the roster, you know, uh, Donovan and Bogdanovich and, and Ingles can score in a variety of ways. That still opens up the three, and if those three balls are falling come the playoffs, it just it's a really you know they're going to defend well, you're, and you're hitting threes. That's a really tough combination to beat over over time. And and Utah knows who it is and what's it wants what it wants to do right now, and that that will take you a long way. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Phoenix Suns with you. I watched a bit of the Suns-Bulls game last night, and the Suns got a really nice win. And like you mentioned, I don't know if the Bulls are on that level, but a really nice win. And Booker put up a season-high 45, and Chris Paul attached 14 assists. And that Suns team has looked really good, you know, right there on the hills and second in the West. How good is Phoenix at defending the perimeter with the, the talent that they've got and how how deadly or how dangerous can Phoenix be in a seven-game series in the postseason? They're going to have to prove that, I think, a little bit, just because we haven't seen them do it in a seven-game series. Um, you know, they just haven't been, they haven't been in the playoffs. Um, so there's a little bit of that. But they, their, their defensive model isn't, isn't that far off of what the Jazz do in the sense that with DeAndre Ayton back there protecting the paint, they can have guys stay home on shooters and be a little more aggressive on the perimeter, and um, it works for them. They, they've been really good. I'm curious to see how they go, by the way. Portland and 
and Phoenix have very tough schedules, as the Lakers do too, um, the rest of the way out. So how much does that impact them? How much do they do, do they feel that? Do they slip, you know, against a tough against tougher competition the rest of the way, or do they keep? They've been beating the teams they're supposed to beat, which is, you know, on one hand you 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 can try to discount that. On the other hand, you know that's how the Spurs won fifty plus games. Um, whether they do it for you know forty five years in a row or whatever it was, um, they don't. They're very consistent night to night. They are very disciplined that way, which is a Monty Williams thing and a uh, Chris Paul thing. Um, I, but in a seven game series, when you start to take away what they do well. You know, when, when option one and two are gone and they have to go to option three, you know, we'll see. We'll see what that looks like for them. Um, I can tell you that there's a lot of teams who would rather, who would much rather, when they look around the rest of the top of the West and they see Utah and the Clippers and the Lakers and Denver, they're like, yeah, I'd rather test Phoenix. So we'll see. I think there's teams that think that's the soft spot. We'll see if it actually is. No big surprise here. Cunningham announces that he's going to enter the draft as soon as Gonzaga wins a national title. I'm sure Jalen Suggs will be doing the same. Um, kind of give us, and, and, and it's a little early and we're certainly not holding you to anything, but uh, Cunningham, still your consensus number one overall pick? Yeah, I'd say, I, I have not delved into this deeply. Uh, I watched him play. I, I did what everybody, every scout tells you not to do. Like, watch a couple of play of tournament games and make a broad generalization. <laughs> um, but yeah, he is still the guy on top of everybody's board, and it's look. He's a six-seven ball handler. Was just he's just fluid athletically. He's just smooth, um, and he's got tremendous passing skills. And it's you know, big tall point guards you know, or point ball handlers or whatever you know whatever term we're using for the Luka Doncic's of the world who are six-eight and handle the ball these days. That's a real value plus. For them, he was big in the clutch. When I talk to people, he was big in the clutch, and he plays good defense. Um, that's that's those are big things. Those are signs that this isn't you know he shot forty percent from three, but he shot I think eighty four percent from the line. So the, the the stroke is good. It's just every fundamental for him to be a power you know a, an all star level or better lead lead ball handler is there and um i know people were a little high i know some scouts were pretty high on how evan mobley's been playing of late but i don't i don't know that isn't that the lesson of passing yeah. on luka Doncic? like don't, if you dude if it's a lead ball handler if it's the guy who's going to have the ball 80 times you know 80 possessions a game you just can't pass on that you know, it's funny, we always talk about players that do well in the tournament that increase their stock, and I thought it was interesting, and just, and I'm just broad-brushing on some of the, uh, you know, people on Twitter that thought, well, you know, Kate Cunningham gets bounced early in the tournament, that you know, thinking that they're going to hold that against him. Um, you know, look, Damian Lillard couldn't get out of the Big Sky Conference tournament. Paul, yeah. G- Paul George, uh, you know, in the old whack, never finished, I think his last couple of years, never finished above 500 with an overall record. Uh, Kevin Durant got bounced in the round of 32. Like, you can't hold college performances against these kids in their, you know, and what they're going to do at the next level. No, not, not the game is really different in, in terms of just spacing. Like, you got teams collapse on Cade Cunningham. Um, and, and focus on him in a way that it's just harder to do at the NBA level because everybody can shoot, you know, within reason, you know, relatively. So uh, there's part of that and part of it, you know, he's, what, he's 19. Like, like he, yeah. he's going to be a better player down the line. I, I will say this. Scouts and GMs and front offices will will be the first to say, 
don't do this. You know, don't, you can't just rely, you better have a whole background of information and the, the needle isn't going to move much based on a, on tournament play. Hey, it's good to see so-and-so do well in the clutch, or you get to watch a certain matchup between guys you find interesting, but it's not going to change perceptions. The issue is more, oh, let's say a hypothetical owner watches this and goes, man, we should go totally get Frank Kaminsky or something. You know, suddenly everybody's really high on this guy that the coaching staff wasn't as high on. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what's happening with the Lakers. Drummond goes down last night with the toe, and Gasol is put on the bench and doesn't address media, and now you're putting a lot of weight on Trez and LeBron. I, I think that that high sprain is pretty significant. Schroeder and, and his extension and that issue, how bad is it getting in L.A.? Is it getting to the point where we can pretty much dis, discount or discredit their ability to be a competitor in the West? No. Once they get healthy, it it really just comes down to health with them. If if they can get LeBron and Anthony Davis healthy uh, come the playoffs, this is a team, well, I should say that, a franchise that's just used to having drama around them. There was drama with Kobe and Shaq. There was drama when it was, it's Los Angeles. There's just always something. There's always distractions. There's always something going on. So, as a franchise, they're pretty good at focusing past it. LeBron has certainly been that. Look, that make no mistake. That's LeBron's locker room, and he's used to. He's been on the cover of Sports Illustrated since he was six. What sixteen? So, like, it just doesn't shake them. I don't think if, if they get back healthy, I don't think all of this shakes them all that much. That's just a question of you know, high ankle sprains, guys. Some guys bounce back. I mean, remember a few finals ago, Clay tried to play through it in the finals. And maybe I can't remember if he missed the game or if he just tried to play through it. He wasn't quite himself, but he tried to fight through it. Other guys will come back and you know they'll miss ten games or whatever, and then come back and say, "Yeah, but you know what? I wasn't. I didn't really feel right again for months." So, like where LeBron is relative in, on the relative scale of health. Is and, and same with Anthony Davis with that, you know, again, hamstring Achilles thing that you got to watch out for. That matters way more. Everything else, yeah. Everything else is just window dressing that they'll be able to look past. You think the NBA comes down on Kevin Durant for his uh, back and forth with uh, Rappaport? I'm really curious about that. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of out. It, it was, uh, on one hand, it was a direct message. It wasn't, you know, even Kevin Durant for all his all his um, activity on Twitter and Instagram, um, you know, these were private messages that got made public. Um, but I, so I don't know where they're going to draw the line on that. I honestly, I don't. And if you, when I've called, I've kind of gotten a, not talking about that right now. I don't, so I don't know what they're going to do um, about that. And I don't know how the league's going to handle that. I, uh, I, I enjoyed, I heard Vincent Goodwill of uh, Yahoo the other day, though, say, Man, Kevin Durant needs to get back on the court because he just needs yeah. to get off Instagram. <laughs> I mean, that man needs basketball back fast. So I'm kind of with him. I I think that that's Kevin Durant's a little bored and picking fights right now. Kurt Heelan right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Kurt, always a pleasure catching up with you. I look forward to doing it again next week. Thanks, Kurt. Take care, guys. Kurt Heelan right here on The Zone Sports Network.